Hey, you're listening to K's for hey. Kinky. <laughs> and we're your friendly neighborhood kinksters. Hi, Eden. Hi, Miss Jen. Tell the good people what they're here for. That sounds spanking. Honestly, ominous. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the K's for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm ready for the podcast today. Did you? So, oh, um. Make more sounds before you get your words out. <laughs> yeah. The listeners love it. They love it. <laughs> um, Sounds of Miss Jen. <laughs> <clears throat> That's you. Okay. Uh, excuse me. Achoo! Oh my god. You're <laughs> such a dick. Because she screams, sneezes. Oh my god. She makes fun of me for how I sneeze. I can't help how she I sneeze. I'm a loud sneezer. Breaks the sound barrier. <sighs> and it's one of those things where, like, I know she can't control it. But the cats go all running. Like they <laughs> true. Seek, they seek cover when she sneezes. It's true. The cats run away and my family gets scared and yells at me every time I sneeze. Because you scream. I don't scream. Mission, legitimately. Oh my God. It's not that bad. It's that bad. Okay. Today's episode is not about sneezing. <laughs> Although that's a fetish. I know because that one time you sneezed on camera and we put it on YouTube and a bunch of people liked it a lot. <laughs> you recall that i mean i recall doing it and but i don't remember how many people no kink shaming like if sneezing is your thing man like sneezing feels good i get it but it is it's like an orgasm for your nose but maybe (laughs) maybe don't objectify (laughs) my dominant when she sneezes on camera too it's kind of like this i wonder though if people have a sneeze fetish should we just talk about that today? Are there, no, no, no. I just have a quick question for those of you listening. If you want to let us know if you have a sneeze fetish. Is it like, does the type of sneeze come into play in terms of how good it is? Yeah, like, is the her ability to clear like, room is something that turns you on? Like, is my loud sneeze really good? Or do people prefer like, <laughs> I would prefer it if you did like baby sneezes. They'd be my less- head will explode. Honestly, my head does explode every time you sneeze, so oh it's God. like, it's just who's suffering the more. Now I'm just imagining Tussled's cheeky notes on this part of the podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> Today we're talking about spanking, and you might think to yourself, how could they actually make a topic out of this basic generic, like, concept first of all what the fuck is spanking i have a lot of fucks to give today i am saying a lot of f words what is spanking um wikipedia defines spanking as the following (laughs) we need wikipedia (laughs) oh we need it okay spanking is a form of corporal punishment involving the act of striking with either the palm of the hand or an implement the buttocks of a person to cause physical pain Anyways, basically it means you hit somebody with your hands. and Or an implement. Or an implement. And um, actually, uh, the most common use of spanking, which might shock you all, is to punish children. Um, but it was also used to punish wives in um, by both uh, via the husband. The husband would be like, hey, you, get over my knee. You washed that dish wrong. 
Um, oh. That was a common thing that you would see in early American households in the early 1900s. It faded out, obviously. But you can still find, like, hilarious and upsetting advertisements with this um, that were, like, totally legit of, like, a, a 50s, like, house husband spanking a 50s housewife. House husband? A house husband. Hus- <laughs> that was how he was in the house. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. think that's how that goes. He's but a house okay. husband. But anyways, um, obviously spanking is no longer used in that way. But um, even back then, when husbands and wives were (laughs) having corporal punishment used in their marriages as a healthy tool for reeling in your wife, quote unquote, um, even when that was happening, there was still a sense of sexuality and um, intimacy surrounding that topic. So people would often like uh see images of that or like write books or stories about it and it was kind of shown it was the images were shown according again all this is according to wikipedia the extent of my, the extent of my knowledge um but it was it was seen as like here here's an example here on wikipedia there's an is this theatrical release poster for a movie called kiss me kate where the guy is spanking the girl and she's looking over her shoulder all like oh hey baby um that's a play i've seen that yeah kiss me kate um yeah. it's 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 literally in like the play the play um advertisement um so spanking even back when it was used as a corporate corporal punishment for adults um was still sexy so, sometimes yeah well sometimes it was sexy um and i kind of wanted to bring that up because um a lot of us come with baggage attached with spanking it's a bad sentence oh my god save me using spanking with discipline for children is something that still happens i mean that's been happening forever and it has i would assume we haven't done any like research but i would assume that that has definitely decreased um spanking has declined um because they found that spanking is not effective as a punishment for children um or as a punishment in general i mean obviously the biggest reason why it's declined between husbands and wives is because one, women aren't children. We're adults. Um, and treating your wife as if she's a child to be punished by you is incredibly insulting. And also it leads to domestic violence. Beep, beep, beep. This is Eden from the future coming back to add this little addendum to the statement. In the 1950s, there was a societal norm and expectation that women submit to their husbands whether they wanted to or not. And corporal punishment was completely acceptable back then, uh, whether the wife wanted it or not. So there's a huge difference between a woman's ability to consent back then and a woman's ability to consent now when society is no longer pressuring women to subject themselves to domestic abuse as a part of everyday life. And to be clear, BDSM is not domestic abuse because it's negotiated and consensual without coercion. Otherwise, if it's not those things, it's not BDSM. We actually find that when the parents spank children, it also leads to domestic violence. It's it's a slippery slope. Um, Wait, what did yeah. you just say? Unless you're reading this from Wikipedia, you said spanking children leads to domestic violence. I have a feeling that if there's domestic violence in the home, it's likely that they are also spanking their children. But I don't know if spanking children leads to domestic no, violence. No, it actually does. It does lead to it. So... If you look at the Wikipedia page, yeah. um, it talks about the fact that uh, that adults who spank their children often spank when they're angry, um, and it can lead to uh, it can basically accelerate into full-on domestic abuse. So the parent might be starting off spanking their child, and it's a gateway into hitting their child whenever they're angry, and um, into domestic abuse situations for children. 
And the same thing would happen with husbands and wives. When you use violence as a form of punishment and you allow yourself to administer punishment when you're angry, you begin to become violent when you're angry. It's a correlation that happens. So it doesn't mean that all people who spank their children are abusive or that all people who spank their children um, will become domestic abusers. It means that it's often the way that that starts. And households who do allow spanking often do have domestic abuse. But it's not all the time. Um, I've heard people advocate for spanking children. Um, I have family who do it. But the research abundantly proves that spanking your children doesn't actually solve problems. And it leads to violent adults. Well, it can lead to violent adults. But also, it's just the lesson that it gives is that violence is acceptable right um and you know if you're looking to change behavior all it does typically to give a punishment like that to a child is not about oh what i did was wrong it's how do i avoid punishment how do i not get caught so the lesson that they're hoping to teach doesn't usually get actually taught all of this is important to like reference and talk about because we are kinksters and we do consensually spank Um, But the vanilla culture has been aware of spanking and using spanking for a long time. I mentioned a little earlier that it was actually seen as like a weird sexual innuendo by the 1950s between husbands and wives. Spanking has also basically been erotic for adults for some time. Um, There are also, of course, many cultures, many religions, many spiritual practices that use some form of spanking, flogging, um, thwacking with a rod, etc., um, for spiritual purposes, for spiritual elevation. Um, and I kind of wanted to bring all of these pieces together uh, before we applied them to kink because I think on some level all of us have heard of spanking in all of these contexts. Most of us have experienced either being spanked as a kid or know about spanking children, and that's a big influence in America specifically because there are many countries that do not allow spanking period it's illegal to spank your children um america is not one of those countries i mean it's might become one of those countries soon because there's a lot of discourse surrounding it but um beyond that piece we also often find uh vanilla people engaging in spanking they might not consider themselves to be bdsm practitioners but spanking is that gateway play because it's just so commonly found. It's so automatically erotic. Um, it's so easy and simple. And I think because of the 1950s household vibe, um, some people just automatically go to that. It's weird how spanking is like the one type of play that's seen as vanilla friendly and like commonly practiced by vanilla. That and like tying someone up with rope. I, that's why I call spanking the gateway play. Yeah. You know, it's the slap and tickle. Uh, <laughs> that's... You're the That's creep thing. one. I didn't... She calls me creepy. And then she goes, the slap and tickle. She just pulls that out of nowhere. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think the difference is for a lot of uh, folks who don't consider themselves kinky but enjoy a little spanking is usually, I would guess, just like some light spanks in the bedroom kind of a thing. Um, nothing maybe that looks the same as what we do. but I don't know. Maybe. I... You never know. I think what's, maybe by then they'd consider themselves yeah. kinky a little bit. Maybe a little. <laughs> what I'm basically saying is most of us have encountered spanking before we came into the scene, either via vanilla sex because of childhood corporal punishment, 
Um, and some of us may have been exposed to religious use of spanking. You know, I mean, I think I remember watching the Da Vinci Code as a kid and seeing the one monk flog himself until he was bleeding. And I was just like shocked. That's a little different, but no, okay. it's, but it's, it's considered a form <laughs> of self-flagellation, well, yeah. which is what I'm discussing when I talk about ritual spanking traditions, because self-flagellation is a branch of that. What have you? The point is go spank yourself. We all bring <laughs> this type of background knowledge into BDSM when we start playing with people. Some of us specifically like spanking because it reminds us of when we were kids and we got in trouble. You know? I mean, and some of us weren't spanked as kids. Like, well, lucky you. I, <laughs> my parents didn't believe in it. Um, my parents decided to start implementing spanking when I was like nine or ten. Well, I want to bring it up, though, because a lot of people assume, right, one of the stereotypes is like, oh, you were hit as a kid. Therefore, that's why you're, quote unquote, messed up and kinky, right? Like you like this thing that was, you know, considered abusive and blah, blah, blah. So I like to point out, like, not everybody enjoys spanking because they were spanked. Some people were not spanked and still enjoy it. This next section contains my recounting of being spanked as a kid. I don't consider this in any way to be a traumatic memory, and I'm pretty lighthearted about it, but this could be triggering for some of you. Um, I see it as my parents trying a tactic that they hadn't tried before, but some of you might disagree. There is a section where I talk a little bit about stories I heard as a kid um, about other kids and... uh, the spankings they'd receive, including, you know, the use of rods and sticks, that's a little bit more disturbing. Um, So again, I really want to caution you that if this is something that sounds like you can't have it right now, I'll include the timestamps so that you can decide for yourself if you want to skip forward or maybe check out another episode of ours, um, which you can find on our website at kcrkinky.org or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Thanks so much and uh, on with the show. My parents never spanked me when I was little and they decided to start when I was a fully formed dysfunctional child (laughs) and they thought Uh oh guys she turned into a gremlin let's start using some other means it's like legitimately basically what happened they're like we don't know what to do let's start spanking now and this is when I was already like fully able to fully form arguments about why I find spanking to be dehumanizing or like taking my autonomy like I mean I didn't use those words but I was definitely able to be like you can't hit me. You don't have a right to hit me. If you hit me, then I'll hate you. Like I had like full like arguments against this. None of them worked. Um, and my memories of being spanked with it. First, it was like a, it was a shoe, a ping pong paddle. I remember my parents crying, my dad in particular, because he really did not want to hit me. And I don't know why he made himself do it. It did not work. And well, you know that did using worked. an implement, I think, is illegal. Well, it probably no. wasn't then, but it wasn't that long ago. I was born in the 90s, man. Like, I know. <laughs> I don't know. By the time you were eight, it was the 2000s. Maybe they hit me with it before, but it doesn't matter. It didn't hurt. Like, it, it hurt enough. To, like, I mean, it hurt me, but it didn't, <coughs> all it did was it made me resentful. And um, yeah. I I didn't <clears throat> in any way feel like it was fair, um, nor was it honestly effective. However, my I have family who hit their kids like and and spanked their kids all growing up and it was a normal practice in their household and they did it from a very early age and it was disturbing the way that it impacted those kids um and i i really 
revolted against against it um and my parents stopped doing it after about i think they only they only probably spanked me two or three times in my entire childhood because almost as soon as they started they stopped because they found that it wasn't working with me um nothing works yeah, what do we do what we do um, <laughs> but with my cousins it was creepy because there was like this cult like this childhood cult around um different types of implements their parents would use one set of parents in my in my my cousin's like community had a specific rod that they had carved words into like Bible verses and they had it hanging on their oh wall God. and they would hit like, their kids with this particular Jesus. rod. Other story kids would tell stories about, you know, going out and having to like pick out a switch um, from the, from the woods. And, you know, one time I, my, my cousin thinking he was smart came back with the thinnest rods well, and they would dumb. hurt the least. <laughs> Because they were smaller, and right. my my apparently my uncle refused to hit him with them and said, "No, this is too hard. This will hurt you." This is all actually in the context of BDSM and looking back on childhood trauma. Pretty disturbing to share. I didn't actually experience it, but like there are parents out there who know how to use canes because they beat their children, and like this is still being practiced behind closed doors and communities everywhere. So it makes a lot of sense that certain kids who had whispered ghost stories basically amongst themselves about whose parents had the worst rod um basically like why that might turn into a fetish um but it doesn't mean that that's why people like spanking or like implements either and i know for me as somebody who was only spanked like three or four times it's weird that i like spanking because you'd actually think i'd be pissed about it but it's not for me anything i associate with my parents i associate spanking entirely with sex well, and a lot of what we do with any kind of kink, whether it's spanking or other things, is, you know, if it was something that was negative in someone's past, one of the things that is kind of cool is taking that thing and instead of just sitting in the suck, taking it and reinventing it as something that is positive or sexy or what have you. Yeah. And reframing that for yourself. I mean, I'll be real. I have so reframed spanking in my mind because it was so easy for me to do so that I actually see it as perverse for parents to do something that I see as part of adult sexual play or adult BDSM play with their children. Um, but in any case, spanking is actually very fun. Yeah, it let's is, talk about the fun bits. Yeah, <laughs> spanking spanking is super fun. Um, it's very it can be very arousing. It can hurt or it can just be like nice to experience. There's so many ways that spanking is rad. Well, why don't we talk about spanking in the community? Do it. So I, when I first came into the community, um, as most of you know, I was an S-type and I was, I knew not a soul. I knew not a thing. <laughs> I know besides, nothing. Besides what I had researched. Um, and so most of what I actually did at the start of my journey in the kink scene was going to spanking parties and rope sessions like classes and socials and stuff so rope and spanking was a big part of the first uh, the the start of my journey was a lot of those two things um so you know when i first became involved i became a part of a spanking group <gasps> hummingbird Using the feeder. Hummingbird! Yes! Oh my god, he likes it. Holy shit. Yay. They never use that feeder. They never use that feeder. I always have wanted them to. Oh my god, it's our first visitor. <laughs> our first visitor. Spring. 
Look at Echo. Um, Anyway, (laughs) that was a major um, shiny. (laughs) So it started off, I met somebody who ran spanking parties in his home. The person who kind of led that group took a break. They are back now, which is cool. Um, I won't name them because I don't know if they want me to, but it, I think it, it felt like a safer introduction because I was going to these parties and events where that was, excuse me, that was the focus. That was the only thing like other things, you know, like whips and all, you know, edge play stuff, all that. It wasn't allowed, right? It was just focused on spanking. So it was kind of a safer way, I think, for me to sort of enter into the world. Also with a group of people who became pretty tight knit. So it wasn't like just going to random parties with a bunch of people I didn't know. Um, I also, did I talk about my first play party that I actually went into on here yet? The spanking party where I didn't want to get out of the car? No. So (laughs) this was one of my early lessons about the spanking community um, or parties or whatever. So the first party that I actually went inside, because there was one party that I drove to, couldn't find the front door and went home. Party, I am in you. (laughs) Yes. Um, So this one was... um, it was a spanking party and it was on like a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> it was like bright outside and very different than how we think of going to a dungeon party. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, a, a dungeon party. And so I dressed in uh, a tight denim miniskirt, high heels and some kind of top. I don't remember what it was. Such a wild a person. Wild child. Then. Yes, this is like 14 years ago. Um, and I, I pull up, I park in the parking lot for this party, and I'm watching people park and get out of their cars and enter the building, and I'm noticing that, like, I'm seeing a bunch of women walking in wearing, like, sundresses. Oh, yeah. I remember this story. Right? You look like a very I'm like, interesting person. <laughs> I was like sitting there and I'm sitting in my car literally not wanting to get out because I knew only like one person that was inside who was the person who had started the group. So I'm sitting in the car. I'm watching all these people. And I suddenly went from excitement to go to the party to terror that I was going to stick out like a sore thumb dressed the way I was dressed and that I totally put together the wrong fit. So I I called the person that I knew who was inside and said, I'm in the parking lot. I don't know if I'm wearing the right kind of clothes. Can you please come out here and like help? (laughs) Like basically I need somebody to walk me in or tell me to go home and change. Like I wasn't sure. So I called him and he's like, sure. So he comes out and I remember, you know, I open the car door, I step out. He looks me up and down. He's like, you look great. You're fine. Right. I'm like, okay. So at least I could walk in with somebody who who knew what was going on. Um, and so I walk in 
Um, I didn't know anybody. I just kind of am like walking around. I ended up befriending somebody who was wearing a cheerleading uniform. (laughs) And we just kind of sat and talked the whole time. But the discovery that I made was, oh, people who are bottoming are wearing things like sundresses because they're easy to flip up (laughs) to spank them like over the knee or whatever. Didn't make that connection when I got dressed that day. (laughs) But that was, that was what I learned was, okay, it was, it was an ease of access situation. Um, And uh, it all made sense. So that was my story about the things I learned about spanking parties and what you should wear. (laughs) Yeah, make sure your butt can come out. (laughs) So, I mean... I mean, now you say it, it seems like common sense, but, no, you know, no. at the time. I mean, you, you just, you're thinking, like, how do I dress to communicate that I am a BDSM person? And that's what you went with instead of, like, how do I dress to take off my pants? Well, I also just, I wanted yes, to feel on. sexy, yes, you know, on. I wanted to feel sexy and confident. But then when I saw everybody else dressed differently, then I didn't feel as confident. <laughs> yeah, this is really a lesson on, you know, be yourself. Let your freak flag fly. Go to the spanking event dressed in denim. Do what you want. <laughs> That's that's the moral. I enjoy spanking, but I feel like I haven't had as much experience with it as I would have thought at this point. Miss um, Jen definitely spanks me, but like when I think of spanking, I think of over the knee, um, and I think of like scenes that heavily involve pantomiming that type of punishment or that type of headspace. Um, and I guess actually. Contrary to everything I said in the beginning about how my parents hitting me as a kid didn't influence this at all, I wonder if in some way it did because I tend to think of like the type of spanking that happens in scenes where you're hitting the butt but you're on like a spanking bench or like in positions that are BDSM positions. I see that as a different form of spanking. Uh, There's like BDSM spanking and then there's like taboo, like you're getting punished over my knee spanking. Both are super hot but they have different vibes to them for me in my head. I don't necessarily know that I want to be in a child headspace doing the tab more taboo one that's taboo to me. I'm saying taboo, but it's over the knees banking is hardly a taboo kink. Like, well, no, it's a very traditional kink. Yeah. Typically. It's actually of it, kind of faded out a bit, but I think of it as more of a taboo kink because of the, of the history, which is why I guess maybe that's why I wanted to talk about the history of these things. Like it's kind of funny. Cause like, I mean, all kink and all BDSM that has to do with implements and impact specifically has some sort of root in corporal punishment usually. Like, we have floggers because somebody invented floggers and it wasn't for fun. Like, the ones (laughs) we have now are for fun. But, like, originally, the first brain that made a flogger wasn't probably, like, hey, I I know what will feel really good, this thing. They're probably more, like, how do I make Johnny talk? Johnny. I just made him name Johnny. <laughs> I'm very grateful for the minds that made all of the toys that we play with today. Um, in the sense of I'm very grateful for the ones that have remade these toys to be kinky. I'm glad that we've been able to transform torture implements into fun implements. And I'm glad that spanking is so accessible to so many people. Um, There's a lot of different ways that people will use spanking. So... I know that in, and I don't know if it's just the one person we know or if more people are not fans of the word spanko, but that's how I was introduced to the 
to the spanking scene was that it, like people would say that they were a spanko. I think we should try to popular popularize the word spankler. Spankler. A spankler. I'm a spankler. I'm a spankler. I think spankler <laughs> should be the new. I'm a spankopotamus. Um, so I don't, oh, spankler for the one who does it and a spankling for the one who spanklings it. Yeah. (laughs) Like you guys are all our kinklings. And and some of you are spanklings. Spanklings. (laughs) Um, trademark copyright. I made that up. Spankler and spankling first heard. We need to tell, we need to tell FetLife so they can add it to the identifiers people can choose from. Oh my God. It's so cute. Uh, so for those of you who don't like the term spanko, how do you like our new terms? Would you like to adopt those? Vote now by clicking <laughs> the five-star review button. <laughs> but no, I think, you know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm going to use the term if it pops out. But now I'm going to use spankler and spankling. Yeah. I'm going to try. Um, but there's a lot of different reasons why people enjoy spanking and how they use spanking. And, you know, there's ones that probably people can come up with, which is... You know, doing um, role play scenes, right? It can be um, a very versatile kink that can be used in a lot of different types of role play. Um, it is one kind of kink that can can be incorporated into like age play because it is something that happened or happens to kids. It can be incorporated in that way. So it is something that you can incorporate into age play, whereas you may not incorporate other types of kinks. Um, but so many other kinds of role play as well, right? I mean, you think of all the, some of the traditional role plays, like teacher-student um, or pretty much anything. I don't know. Priest altar boy. Why like, do what you I- always go there? <laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot of role plays that it fits very nicely into. So there's all different kinds of role play that we can incorporate these things into, including corporal punishment scenes, right? So it doesn't have to necessarily be that the two people are playing roles, but even just having a scene that is specifically corporal punishment. Um, some people will roll that into role play, roll that into role play, roll it in. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are into that as as a kink and so that might be the entire scene is that corporal corporal punishment why is that so hard to say i don't know but something has occurred to me i was just thinking it's weird but like spanking is actually one of the most like likely types of like non-heavy plays to be incorporated into something more extreme like CNC because typically when we're imagining spanking in vanilla culture, it's never consensual. I was just thinking about like, what's another spanking? And it's like, well, like frats, frat hazing heavily involves spanking or hitting with paddles. Like, oh my God, how many things happen in the vanilla world where spanking is used to humiliate somebody or to degrade them? Like spanking for all that it's worth is so commonly associated with like people against their will having to receive corporal punishment it's like fodder for role play and fodder for any sort of imagination when it comes to the scene. Yeah, I mean, and also um, to use it for as in a therapeutic way, right? There are people in the scene who will utilize spanking as a therapeutic tool. Um, 
very similarly to when um, like you're doing, let's say, a correction, but <clears throat> people will use it to, you know, they'll start off with, and maybe it's over the knee, that kind of thing, but they might start off where, you know, the top is, you know, if, if the bottom, let's say, is, is having a lot of negative self-talk, for example, right? Yeah. And the top might use it and, and do like an OTK over the knee and say, you know, talk to the bottom while they're spanking them about, you know, how they talk to themselves and um, kind of go through almost like increasing to a point of it feeling more like punishment but in a therapeutic way of like associating that with the negative self-talk, but then having them talk about positives and challenging those thoughts and pulling back on the heaviness of the spanking and, and end it with in a very pleasant way. Um, and that was just a rough sketch right there uh, of explanation. But the point of it is, is that people will use it in a therapeutic way as well. But I think the most common way we see it is, is really unless you're heavily involved in, in the Spanko world is just, you know, for fun and a part of most scenes, even if it's just used as a warm up, you're using your hands. Um, so it's very controllable. You can start super light. You can build up slowly. Now, granted you can do that with just about anything, but <laughs> it tends to be a very popular, uh, way to warm up your, your, bottom your bottom's bottom hmm. your bottom um <laughs> bottom's bottom the bb <laughs> um and so you know that's a, a pretty common one that you'll see although you can have an entire scene that is spanking um and i kind of wanted to talk about uh our last scene because i leaned pretty heavily into spanking for that scene way more than I normally do. I was thinking about this scenario that Miss Jen just gave of this like very healing over the knee concept of, for instance, you know, putting into the bottom's mind positive self-talk and correcting self-harm basically in the form of, you know, self-beration. And I'm applying this as an adult to my DS for a second because Technically speaking, one should not crave punishment. One should want to avoid punishment, right? Like, if something's unpleasant, you don't want to do it. So, like, the reason that parents spank children is often because they're trying to deter this child, right? But also, punishment is a form of an adult authoritarian figure or just an authoritarian figure in general taking a very intense interest in you in that moment. There is almost no more intense relationship than an authoritarian figure focusing on um, somewhat a subordinate uh, for the purposes of bettering that subordinate. If somebody's punishing you because they hate you, they're punishing you to harm you and they don't care about your well-being, that's Because they're just, pissed off. Yeah, that's fucking damaging. But if somebody is paying attention to you and they're punishing you because they want to make you better and the consequence is meant to enrich you, suddenly you have this dynamic that is intoxicating. And it's consensual. It's consensual. I mean, even as a child, 
the thought of a parental figure or a teacher being disappointed in me but taking the time to talk to me about what I did wrong and helping me be better, that was like a fantasy to me of uh, somebody caring enough to sit down with me and love me even when I'm bad. And that's desperately sad to even confess to right now. But like the idea of like, am I lovable even when I fuck up is something that children want to know and they need to know. And there are some children who fuck up on purpose because they want to know if it will make the parents stay or go away. And so when you bring that type of hurt or that type of question of am I lovable even when I'm bad into a scene or into a relationship with an adult or into DS and you have like a dominant, for instance, who is using corporal punishment consensually or who is using spanking consensually not to punish you but to reinforce positives, you suddenly have this need being met in adulthood where somebody is giving you that type of intense affection and intimacy when you look at spanking too spanking is like super intimate depending on how you do it if you're over the knee or somebody's pressed against your body you're basically having to like sometimes the top even has to embrace the bottom and pull them or hold them there's this all this physical connection that occurs and as a bottom it's a very vulnerable position to be in if it does remind you of being a child it can make you feel even more vulnerable and so that question of am i good or am i wanted even when i'm bad or Am I desirable even when I'm helpless? When I'm not strong, when I'm not in control, am I still safe? To me, spanking kind of answers that question in a positive way of yes. Yes, you're still wanted. Yes, you're still valuable. Yes, I have you in this helpless position, but I'm now in control and I care about you and I'm focusing on you. Like all of those needs are met with spanking for me. Um, And then on top of that, like physical implement implement sorry um being hit for a masochist does feel good in some capacity typically so on top of it you have this spanking which for some people is just painful but for others is really pleasurable and then you combine that with altering a headspace or sharing intimacy or improving a bond like spanking can be so fucking healing when the focus behind a punishment is growth and betterment and when you don't punish out of anger or when you're playing with something like spanking and the purpose of it is healing and fun it rewires the brain it turns something that could be harmful into something that is not do you want to go into our last scene now oh yeah eden and i unfortunately had a couple of scenes and you know we we don't have a ton of opportunities to play um just because of our schedules um, and well, so you don't like to play at home either. So like people might home. imagine that we yeah. play at home a lot, but we don't get to play too often. And the last couple of scenes that we had had kind of got ruined. I don't remember why the one before got ruined, but I remember like there was a couple in a row. Um, and we had just had one that was ruined because people who were playing in the same room decided to be utterly obnoxious. Um, and completely pulled us out of our headspace. And so we wanted to, we, we had our next time that we had scheduled to go play. And I had made the decision to basically have a scene that was like a reset. And I knew that it would be um, a lighter scene. Uh, it was really for me about being really connected to Eden and having it be focused on 
making it a very pleasurable experience and not leaning in as much to my sadism, essentially, um, to really focus on the reconnect. And so what ended up happening was a, a lot of it was spanking. Um, and there was, you know, little bits here and there I would add in, I think a little bit of flogging and maybe some other stuff, but most of it really was, was hands-on spanking. And what I did was, you know, typically I'll get into more of my kind of top space from Florentining with, with floggers because there's like, you know, there's that rhythm to it and that really affects my, my spaciness. Um, and I also do when I spank, I typically, my favorite way to spank is two handed and it also creates very much a rhythmic butt bongos, um, (laughs) or whatever it is that I, but, or otherwise, um, But, but I was focusing in on that and really just sitting down, literally sitting down behind her doing, you know, it started off with, you know, warm up and kind of gradually increasing until, you know, it got to be a little bit of a heavier spanking, nothing that was ever super heavy. Um, but I would gradually build that up over a good amount of time and then I might pause do something else. And then I came back and would do that like all over again. Um, and I did that three times maybe, um, over the course of the scene. And I found surprisingly, it was the first time that I felt my spaciness happen from spanking. Yeah. I think there's something to be learned from this share because, um, you know, it's, It's really important at the end of the day when you're doing a scene, regardless of how well you know your partner or how long you've been playing together, it's important to focus on connection and um, there is something meditative about repetition and um, about playing for the purposes of creating a bond as opposed to just the purposes of having fun or exploring sadism. Um, there's just lots of different reasons to play, but, um, even something basic like spanking, which honestly, like spanking is one of the most basic and like beginner level things that people start to learn to do. It can become very advanced. You can get extremely good at it just because it's a basic, like building block of BDSM doesn't mean that it's not something that you can be excellent at, or that somebody can be poor at. Um, Well, and there's, you know, it's like, I do it you've you've assisted me for a two-hour class on spanking like there's so many different techniques there's so many different positions that you can use like it's yeah i'm not very versatile this yeah this is not a skill set that takes time to learn to do well but it's something that so many people are automatically interested in because of the history of spanking in the vanilla world Mm -hmm. um it's really enjoyable it does not have to be painful if you're listening to this and you're like yo i'm not a masochist I just don't think that I'm going to be into this shit and I got punished as a kid and I don't want to deal with this shit. I mean, don't do what you don't want to do. But if you're curious and you're wondering, like, is there some way I can incorporate this? Spanking can also be incredibly light and arousing. Yeah, it can doesn't be have for to be purposes. heavy. It can be for the purposes of arousal. The repetition of a smack over and over again on the body, even lightly, can cause you to go into a meditative place in the same way that if you tapped the top of your hand with your finger and you tapped it the same beat, over and over again it might slowly relax your heart rate it could slowly bring you back to center 
I remember She's doing it right now. I am. I remember <laughs> when I was a kid, I loved Star Trek Enterprise. As an adult, I can't recommend it because it's actually not the best <laughs> show in the world, but I loved it at the at the time. My favorite character was a Vulcan named DePaul. Oh, great. Now we're going to get hate mail from Trekkies. I love <laughs> DePaul. I don't care. <laughs> there is a character named Hoshi who was super anxious. Honestly, it's like if I were on a spaceship and she was having a meltdown and DePaul came over to her and held her hand said, give me your hand. And she used her pointer finger and her middle finger and went back and forth with them, tapping on her palm and said, imagine that this is like the sea. And she helped her meditate. BDSM can be just like that. Play can be just like that. Impact can be meditative. Um, you too can be like a Vulcan. <laughs> Try spanking today. <laughs> if you're really curious about spanking, you want to know more, you want to elevate your skill set, um, we heavily recommend in investing um, some time and energy into researching places like Rosie Peaches. It's a party run by um, BDSM and Spanko people. Well, that's in Southern California. Southern California. Um, Rosie Peaches is a, is a big one. Well, and I want to I wanna give a shout out to the group that I was talking about because they've started yeah. up parties again, but I don't... Okay, I'm going to say it, yeah, and then we'll if, we, if we're not allowed, then we'll remove it. But um, Spanky's Spank Joint. Try to see if you can find your resident spanklers and spank, spank, spanklings um, wherever, wherever you live. Um, and I would definitely advise checking it out if you're curious, because even if it's a kind of a subsection of the BDSM community, it's a great one. And it's always good to go to people who specialize in something to learn that skill. So definitely check it out wherever, wherever you're located, look up your local area. And if you live in SoCal, check out Rosie Peaches or Spanky's Spank Joint. Club Awakening always has a hands-on booth, which is very heavily, which very heavily leans into spanking, of course. Yeah. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We wanted to talk about something that uh, is a little different than how we normally go. We didn't want to talk about anything super heavy. We were like, let's just talk about shit that we like to do. And yeah. hence came the spanking. Woohoo. Wait, wait, wait. This has me thinking about um, <laughs> uh, Big Bang Theory with Sheldon and, oh God, what's her name? That becomes his wife. The spanking Amy? scenes. Amy. How like, he's like. He starts punishing her with spanking and she's like trying not to let him know that she secretly enjoys it. You remember? I do remember. Oh my gosh. If y'all liked the Big Bang Theory and forgot that this was involved, look back. I don't remember what episodes, but look up Big Bang Theory spanking episode. There is a website devoted to every time it's in one of the episodes. They have a video. I have questions about why that site exists, and I'm wondering if some kinky people put that site together. Well, I don't think it's a site, actually. I think it's just the things that came up. Um, but I, the problem is I don't know what the episode number is. It doesn't say, but it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. So so enjoy that. If, if you go on YouTube, some kinky you can find YouTube. it. It's hilarious. Okay, anyway. We hope you liked this episode, and we have to thank people because that's what we do. And those people, of course, are our wonderful team. Uh, Sid, Lena, and Tussled. Sid Why do you always say it weird? I can do what I need to do to get the word out. Sometimes my voice just goes like that. Why don't you say them all weird? I'm then? having difficulty controlling the volume of, of my, my voice. voice. Um, Sid does all of our tech stuff and built our entire website, which you can now find at ksforkinky.org. We did it, finally. Doing, go over there and <laughs> get on that website. Um, Sid also helps us uh, with building the Discord and you know managing some of that. Lena 
is the Discord basic, like, moderator who is up there, like, keeping an eye on all the stuff, and uh, she poses our podcast chat questions each week. Lena's fucking awesome. Finally, we have Le Tussled. Tussled is Le Tussled. awesome. <laughs> uh, Tussled does our funny notes, helps us to come up with content creation ideas, and it's just an all-around general good person we love them with an adorable kitty cat named Saki yes and finally there's one more person we got to shout out Miss Jen go ahead and shout it out to the universe pudding sing a song about her <laughs> that was it that's just pudding we appreciate that you're a comic <laughs> kinkling that was it that was the song, the song. <laughs> um, you too can have a horrifying cursed <laughs> song sung about you on the podcast if you become a comic kinkling today only $25 a month or if that's a little too steep for you, we have opportunities for you to support us as a Patreon person. Patron. Um, all <laughs> over the price ranges, going all the way down to a single dollar a month. That's right. You heard me. For less than a fourth of a cup of coffee from Starbucks, <laughs> you can be a patron today. That's like not even anything. Please go check out our Patreon because it's the only way we make income on this podcast right now. And it lets us know that you care, that you want us to keep going. Um, and it just boosts our spirits when sometimes it feels a little gloomy. We're like, oh, look, we have patrons and it helps us out. So please help us with that today. We appreciate you. And if all else fails, you can't be a patron. You just don't feel like it. Just share us. Just share us with your friends and maybe click that five-star review. Just click it. All right. Thank you very much, precious kinklings. And we hope you have a good week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Cut. Bye bye. <laughs> Turning into something else. We can do. We can do what I want. <laughs> All right. Cut. <laughs>